0: bat force radio
1: bat force radio is rated m for mature or should that be immature hey guys dustin Went. hey this is scott snyder this is paul dini and you're listening to bat
2: force radio and you're listening to bat force radio you're listening to bat force radio
3: this is kevin conroy the voice of batman and you're listening to bat force radio so stay tuned
4: Welcome back to bat force radio the batman and dc podcast with no limits this week's roundtable includes the grumpler in new york
5: hey
4: we've got the trunkler here from chicago how's it going bat force tom in california
2: what's up everybody
4: tease <laughs> us in new york believe and I'm Robin Cross in Canada. Okay, during the New 52 in the Justice League Dark Side War story, Jeff Johns and Jason Fabuck introduced us to the concept of the existence of three different men having used the identity of the Joker. Uh, fast forward to August 2020, the first of a three-issue series titled Three Jokers hit stores and sells well over 3,000 copies as it quickly goes to a second print. Now we are here in October, just weeks away from the big finale and here to take us through the process of the the story, the reception that we've had so far to the first two issues, the artist and co-creator of the story, Mr. Jason Fabek.
1: Hey guys, how's it going?
4: Good. Woo-hoo. How's it going?
1: Thanks for that nice reception, and I like that intro. That was a nice, <laughs> nice, nice intro there, Robin. <laughs>
4: We were just talking before we went on the air here, but I do want to get it on the record as well. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, just happened today, unfortunate loss.
5: Yeah. But, uh,
4: that's uh, that's how this year's going. But at least we've got you know good things like Three Jokers have been happening this year, and like I said, over three hundred thousand copies. That that's insanity. So congrats on that massive uh, reception to. To something that you've been working so hard on for so long uh how uh how much does that make you feel like uh, all the work was uh was justified having this uh this success
1: you know it it does um that you know that number i don't know if they've actually published like the (laughs) actual print like the actual how many have been sold so i won't i won't say but (laughs) but it's it's higher than three hundred thousand, and the numbers just keep coming in with with uh, reorders and whatnot and so um you know it really like this was a project that yeah i don't want to start i don't want to start out sounding very negative but it was a project that i felt that nobody except for jeff and i and and our editors really believed in uh i know that sounds weird to say like well batman and joker but i think i think dc lost interest in this project after we had had took so long to do it and um it was kind of something where we felt like we were we were really fighting against a lot of um dc's ideas and dc's vision for this until they started to see the numbers were coming in and then all of a sudden (laughs) everything started to really change and uh i I, things started to change too i think once they saw the the finished issues and they i you know we started to really get some great reception (laughs) from from people who were uh able to read it and so um you know it's it really does it like it feels good to see those numbers like i I remember having conversations with Jeff and he was like, you know, I don't know if we'll, it's like, I don't know if we will We might, we might just hit a hundred thousand on this thing. And he's like, you know, it's an eight, it's an $8 book or $7 book or whatever it was. And, and he said, you know, it's like, it just comics aren't selling like that. I don't know if people will want to buy into that. And I kept on saying, no, Jeff, like this thing's going to, this thing's gonna hit 300,000 copies. This thing's gonna hit. It's gonna be big. It's gonna do big numbers, right? And and then I remember him. I remember him like texting me like as the when when we started to get the final order numbers in, and he was just like, I can't believe it. Like he says, <laughs> he says like I think officially right now, I think it's his highest selling both number like both amount of copies sold and highest like money making book he's ever done in his career. And so you know this is you know Jeff Jeff's done like a ton of huge books and for for this to be that book I mean it's it it's really good it feels good and it's uh like you said I I feel I feel justified in putting the time into this thing um because I I really believed in it from day one and and I it was hard to get sometimes it was hard to get people to see the vision you know of what I wanted and what I felt this thing could be but I mean the numbers don't lie and it, I think it proved that we we had a winning formula on this thing and we had a story to tell and we you know we're we're excited for people to check out issue 3 and we think we have a dynamite ending too so um yeah,
4: yeah it, it it's great that uh it was it, you know th- there's a lot of cynicism in the world these days and a, a lot of comics can very easily be written off before they even uh, see the light of day so it's great that uh you were especially like you said after all that time went by able to keep the interest of so many people not only with uh, what the story itself would be but it was a great idea that i think a lot of people really got on board with to do all of these variant covers that uh sort of covered the history of of the character you know taking all these iconic images and making them their own covers and that everything matched up so well
1: yeah that that i i i, I kind of want to go back to the last one there i i i probably sounded way too negative about dc mm-hmm. saying that they weren't <laughs> but, but you know what in all honesty like that's just how i felt like yeah uh, that's how i felt i felt that for about two years i i just felt very i felt like we were just doing our own little thing and nobody else really cared about it and uh and so i can't i don't want to i don't want to lie and be and just say rosy things i mean i i that that's something that i really disagreed with on with dc comics on this whole project was that they just didn't didn't seem like they really there was much interest in it until until it's doing big big business and and it, we we you know and now you know they're they're behind it and it's just i don't know it's just like uh, i part of that could have also been because of some of the changes and shakeups that were going on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things can slip through the, the cracks because of that stuff. You know, people were worried about jobs and, and I, I you know, I, I, my heart goes out to everybody who, you know, lost jobs. There was a lot of people that loved and, and cared about in editorial who uh, were let go, including our editor, Mark Doyle. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, he it wow. some, Mark's put together some of the best books at DC and, and he put, he, he believed in this book and he fought for it. And, you know, it's just, it's sad to see some of that stuff happen, but that's business. And that's how things go. Um, But any you know, going, going back to the cover thing, this is something that the covers is something that they, they, uh, they went with our crazy idea. You know, uh, I I have to say, like, in the end, all of the ideas that we had, all of the all of the little things that we wanted uh, ended up happening. So they so on, on one hand, I feel like they on one hand, I feel like the book was a little bit ignored by them. But at the same time, when we requested something, we had good ideas and they just said, yeah, that sounds good. Let's go for it. You know, and this was one of them. It was. Uh, um, they had come to us and they had said we want to do a retailer incentive program and we have a list of like 20 different artists that we want to bring in to do covers and i said no and and i asked jeff to back me on that and we argued back and forth with dc and we said you know like if we do that in this book it cheapens it. it it becomes just like every other you know detective comics 1000 and like yeah, it becomes it becomes I it beca- well doing doing a bunch of different joker faces is kind of a gimmick too, you know. Mm. It's it's what it's what sell, has sold a lot of the books. So I I don't I I don't ever discount gimmicks because they do work and and in the end it's about selling books and making money so you know people can keep jobs and whatnot. So I I'll never I never really I don't I don't get angry at the whole like variant covers and this kind of thing because it's just part of the business and it keeps people employed and it brings money in and that's good that's a good thing uh, but we didn't want to have you know twenty different artists come in and do a cover for three jokers and part of that was some of my own selfishness because I said you know I worked on this thing for two and a half years like let me let it live and die by my artwork you know like Mm -hmm. if if it's gonna live let it live by my art if it's gonna die and if it's a failure then let it be a failure and let but just let it be me and uh mark doyle was the one who ended up saying like hey let's do this how about we do a bunch of covers of like like a joker photo shoot so it's like we take we take one of the jokers and we have all these like him doing poses and then Uh, and then we could do like a photo like a i forget what they call them but like a photo sheet where it shows all of the different photographs and that would be like a special variant Uh, they kind of did that with the one in one 450 variant Um, if you've seen it it has all the different cover covers but then i had come back and i said well let let's just do let's just do the faces of the joker and we have three we have these three jokers from three different eras and if you look through their different Uh, comics that we're kind of basing things off of they've they've dressed up in different outfits in those books and i said i think we have enough here that we could do uh, a bunch of different covers and and uh, at that time the book had just been pushed back to august it was originally supposed to come out in june and i said i got i got like i got a couple months here like let me let me do this all by myself i think i could draw two or three of these a week and so they said, yeah, let's, it came back. They said, yeah, that sounds really cool. And so I went off and running and yeah, I blasted those things out in a couple of weeks and, um, and, uh, was really happy with the the color work and, and it's, and it, it helps sell the book because like, I don't know, like Robin, maybe you can attest to this cause you're in the shop, but you know, um, I think people might've bought and they bought maybe one, one copy, one issue and then after reading it, they said, oh, you know, with issue two and three, I'm going to make sure I pre-order all, all of the covers, but now i got to go back and hunt down <laughs> all the ones for issue one you know yeah yeah, that uh, is
4: definitely happening and we we were lucky in that respect because we ordered so heavy on it uh we came to a point where like rogues was the only shop in the city that had any copies of book one left uh by the time book two came out because we yeah. had just ordered so massive on it. and we followed that up with uh the second print you know we ordered really heavy on that too
1: yeah, I think like for for the town for the city of Windsor, I think all all three of the shops ordered. Um, you know, I I can't speak for Rogues, but I know like uh, Paper Heroes. They he had Scott had said that he ordered that was the most he's ever ordered of one book, you know, and it broke his record, you know, like by a lot, and he sold out of everything, right? So, um, I was very I was actually kind of scared at first, hearing that people had ordered so many, but then but then it was equally as it felt really good to hear that all the people were buying them and they were selling out. And, and, um, you know, I was, you know, I, I kept telling Jeff these things and he was kind of like, well, we'll have to wait and see. And we'll have to, I think he just wants to keep a more level head about things whereas yeah. I was just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're he, selling he huge was, numbers, Jeff. You know? he, he,
4: he, he was being the parent in the situation. Like calm calm down, lad. <laughs> yes,
1: pretty much. So, you know, but he was, but then I had told them I said I think issue two is going to sell more than issue one, and it turns out it did. Uh, wow. For the initial for the initial orders, it, it outsold issue one. So I don't know about with with reorders, but um, so I'm interested to see what issue three sells. But uh, I think once I don't know maybe it, it depends on the reception. I think we'll have reorders on that one as well. So um yeah it's it's been really awesome to see that it's like it's the kind of thing that happens maybe once in your career and then you you'll never really hit this kind of a a peak again but uh, but it feels good and
4: these days nobody does like how many people working in comics you know that have started in say the last decade will ever be able to say that they wrote a a book that they wrote or drew a book that sold over three hundred thousand copies that just doesn't happen anymore
1: no, uh, you know, like I looked at the number, I was looking at some of the numbers, like what are the highest selling books? And, you know, there's, there's been some monster ones like, like Star Wars number one, when Marvel got the thing, the the license sold like over a million copies of issue one. Um, I th- I think what makes this a little unique compared to like, you know, there's been like Detective Comics 1000, I think sold like 500,000 copies. Um, So there has been some really big sellers, but like the, the difference of our book is that it's just me, Jeff, Brad Anderson, you know, there's just three of us yeah. instead of like a whole all-star cast of, of guys on Detective Comics. Yeah. So. You,
4: yeah. You don't have like, you know, Kevin Smith writing a story in it, you know, that's bringing people in.
1: hmm So I think that's what, I think that makes it a little more special too. And again, like the fact that we didn't have to, we didn't have to get 20 different artists to do all these covers. You know, I think it te- I think the 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 covers and having all these different covers just drawn by myself helps help to keep it, it, a little bit of integrity to the whole thing of having multiple variants. Either way, they were going to do multiple variants, even though we didn't want it. Originally, I just wanted a a Joker cover and a and a Batman or like a hero cover. I only wanted two covers, kind of like what Doomsday Clock did. They had just yeah. two covers. And I said, Mm -hmm. you know, I think just with two covers, I think we'll sell a lot of copies. And they said, no, we have to do variants. We have to. There's no way, not in today's day and age, we have to do variants. We'll make. Do you want to sell 100,000 or do you want to sell 200,000? And so I, I'm glad. I'm I'm very happy that they said, hey, let's do, let's do. Like you can draw all of them. That's pretty cool. And um, even even to even to this day, like you know, with the second print. Cover there for issue one, like they allowed me to draw it. You know, I was kind of scared they might go off and get somebody else um, to mm. do it or something like that. But uh, you know, they, I think that keeps the integrity of the project a bit, and it, and I think it it adds to the collector kind of thing. You know, you want to get all the all those covers and they all fit together. You can put them up on a wall and you know you could display them or something, and they will they all fit. You know, it looks good. You know. Um, Mhm so, yeah
5: so uh, well, I'm one of the people that completely lost interest in this project <laughs> throughout mm-hmm. the years uh and uh yeah I mean you know it, it was a good it was a good period of time um but uh, you know, I said well you, you know like, like if, if you look at like sports and stuff you, you put together like an all star team or whatever and it just doesn't pan out, and you're just like, oh man, you know, look good on paper. So I was just like, all right, you know, this uh, also, you know, like years ago, I was in the store buying Killing Joke off the rack. Mm. So I was just like, man, I don't know if they should go back to, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't don't like when they touch old stories. And then uh, I've been buying what I've been doing during the pandemic is buying like Batman in particular on digital. And then I'll go, you know, later on the next week or whatever and buy my books. So I bought it, uh, the first issue on digital and I was like, okay, like <laughs> these guys, you know, they delivered, like this book is, you know, what it's supposed to be on paper. Like, you know, you guys went above and beyond. Mm. And, um, so then I went and picked up, you know, two covers, which I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm not into the whole cover thing. I was like, oh, I'll just buy one. I was like, oh, shit, there's two good ones. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. You know, I'll buy two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. You know, uh, uh, just for the period of time, but I mean, you guys, you know, you know, I lost interest, you know, it's just whatever, but um, you guys really, you know, book one and two really uh, just, you know, delivered above and beyond. Hmm.
4: And uh, yeah, we, we, so we, see, we, we call him the grumpler for a reason. Not everybody wins over the grumpler. So <laughs> no, yeah, you guys did something. That's great. It, you
5: know, the Killing Joke was such a, my God, you know, iconic story and to... I just hate it when people revisit these things, and um, I mean because uh, it, it's case, it's so
4: seldom done right. Yeah, I, I know. I think that's why we're uh, yeah, a little sensitive exactly. about that idea.
5: And yep. then to, to to what you guys did with, uh, you know, I don't know if it's okay to say, like, to merge the Killing Joke and, and uh, a death in the family, and you know, to make it one thing, uh, that was mind blowing in itself. You know,
4: so yeah,
1: you know, like we. <laughs> we originally didn't set out to kind of do like a killing joke thing. Like originally it was just like, yeah, we're just going to tell like a Batman story. And then it wasn't until a little later that Jeff kind of had said, like, I really want, I really want to kind of, uh, focus in more on the killing joke. And it actually came about because of the covers he had said, I had said, well, I I had a couple different ideas for the, for the covers and, and he just said, no, let's just do like a, it should look like the killing joke. It should just be a big Joker face smiling at you. And we have three Jokers. So we'll do one face for each book. They're big, they're in your face. And I said, do you really? And he's like, and we'll even use the same font for the logo. And I was like, well, I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, that's pretty gutsy. I don't know if I'm worthy of it. And he's like, no, he's like, we'll, we'll we're going to do it. And he's like, I don't think, like he knew that we wouldn't, we, he knew that we wouldn't um, stick to it hundred percent but we would kind of deviate from it as we went along in the story but um, but because uh, like killing joke isn't all nine panel grids yeah, but yeah. we' we've, we've kept to more of a nine panel grid just because we wanted a, a lot of story in in 48 in these 48 pages so we, we just kept to it and I liked the flow of it but uh, in the end even up right to the end like we had the killing joke font. And then I had kind of decided at the last second after seeing a couple different logos, I actually took like three logos and kind of merged them together and said, "This is the logo. like let's do something like this and uh, and just to kind of change it just a little bit so it wasn't a hundred percent killing joke, but um I don't know like i i i don't I don't mind wearing my like some artists they'll look at this, they probably look at this and go, "Oh you guys are just ripping off." killing joke that blah 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 like jeff ripped off doomsday clock or uh, watchmen with doomsday clock but like i i kind of always have seen it like i i don't i don't mind wearing my my influences on my sleeve and i don't really i like honoring history and kind of playing off of that uh i like that in music like a lot of the bands i listen to sound or have similar sounds to classic bands and it's because I like those classes bands that I like in these newer bands too, you know. So like I, I don't mind that and I don't you know, some people might not like it, but, but at the same time, like it's it's this is a business about selling books and we've sold a ton of books. So like whatever we whatever we're doing, it's hitting the right chord with the com like like <laughs> right from the beginning I said, Jeff, we need to hit we need to we need to sell this book to not only uh not only to you know current readers but we want to bring in readers who haven't read who have maybe left comics people who would look at this book and like they hear about it and they see the cover and it reminds them of an older kind of maybe even dare i say better era of comics and they come they come into the store and they buy it Uh, and and that's really what i you know i feel like that that's kind of like uh i don't know if dc just doesn't doesn't see it but like it's a there's a from a business standpoint, there's such a money market when it comes to that crowd. Like, these are the these are the guys who you see at Comic-Cons. That are, they're older guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and they have a disposable income, and they're the ones who are buying the original art from me. They're the ones who are buying prints, and they want to get stuff signed, and they're supporting all of these uh, great artists. And it's like, but they a lot of these guys feel like the comic book industry doesn't Uh, aim their books at them and i sit there and i think like why aren't you aiming books at them look at this book we aimed it at them and look at the numbers that we're doing you know we 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 hit we hit that market and we've we've been able to crack it and if if dc is if companies are too foolish to see that and go after it then you know what then the comic book industry is going to die like there there's money there there's money to be had in comic books but it's like they you know, again, like, may, I mean, you could tell I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know if I, I'm a little bit bitter uh, about how things have gone in the last couple years, like, but uh, especially with with my career and things like that. And uh, I've just, my eyes have been open to a lot of things that are going on. And, and, um, and I, I just, I don't understand how you how you there's so much money out there that's just being left on the table, because, the comic book industry doesn't want to doesn't want doesn't seem to want to make money where the money is and yeah. uh, and our, and this book hit it and you know what the next book that we we have an idea to do is gonna hit it again and uh, but we'll, we have to see if we're even if we're even gonna go there uh, just yet we're 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 waiting to see how things go with issue three and then Jeff we're we're kind of taking a little. Uh, break right now, and then we're gonna see where it goes and we're gonna make up our mind as to what we do next uh, based on that. So um, again, like I'm 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 blown away by the numbers and I'm very thankful for all the people who have bought the book and have bought multiple copies of it. and uh, that's what we wanted. we We really wanted to bring in people young and old, uh, not too young because it's kind of a mature book. Uh, but uh, you know,, <laughs> current comic book collectors we wanted to give them something that they would really love and enjoy and and also to the older fans we wanted to bring them in and 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 have them support the book too and so i think we did that
3: um speak uh i wanted to touch on that uh since you brought it up um what was yours and john's initial feelings about the book coming out right around this pandemic like you said i mean you're aiming the book at um you know adults that had that kind of disposable income, but then all of a sudden COVID hits Mm. and then, but your sales still skyrocketed and still beat expectations. Um, Were you guys kind of nervous at first about, well, maybe because of the pandemic that just that's going on I might have Mm. not been as successful as you guys thought it would be initially.
1: Um. Well, originally the book was going to be released. Uh, originally, we, we had pushed for we wanted issue one to come out on April first. That was the original plan, and April Fool's. yeah, for April Fool's Day. And we got we had twenty different answers from DC as to why we couldn't publish that day. Turns out, turns out that that was a good thing because that's when all the stores closed. Like it was around that time when everything kind of closed down, right? I think that was
4: actually the day that was the first week that there weren't comics.
1: Yeah. So it, it was, if we, you know, if, and, and, you know, it's funny, like if we would have done that, we wouldn't have had all these different covers. It would have been a different, a different beast. Uh, we even added things to the ending of issue three that came after that date. So, you know, uh, the book would have been a different book actually, and and we were, we were, I remember having a conversation and we were very, Jeff and I were very angry that DC would not publish the book on April 1st. Like we're, when we're talking about this, this was probably back in January or so. Um, but we were very angry. And then out of that anger came all of these ideas that really made the ending of issue three uh, took it up like 20 notches. And we went back and we ended up, putting some through uh, some threads through the first issue and the second issue to help balance everything out. And and it really ended up helping make the book better because of that. And, and then, and then it was moved to like June or July something. And we were, and, and at that point I was thinking that's what we, I was angry when they moved the book to August because I thought that July date would have done monster numbers because everything stores were kind of getting back in and people are hungry to spend money they've been cooped up they're going to want to get out and spend some money and i mean you saw that with the video game industry like they were selling out of stuff like you wouldn't believe you know like uh people were just buying the physical you couldn't find physical copies of games uh, because people were just buying them off of the racks and whatnot and so uh but then you know it it got pushed back to august and because of that we were able to do the covers and we, one thing that Jeff and I kept saying to ourselves or to each other was everything happens for a reason and everything is happening for a reason. And we just need to be patient and we need to just wait and it's going to come out when it comes out and we feel we have a good product and we just got to stay positive. And, um, and then that's what happened. So, Everything ended up working out. I, I I think it would have still sold some big numbers if it would have come out in July. But because of the, the because of that delay, we were able to do the extra covers and it ended up working out great for the book in the end. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it was you 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 kind of you you wonder what things would have been like if it was it would have been actually if it was like I said, if it was published in April, it would have been a different book. It would have been a yeah. different oh, yeah. different story, different ending, at least, oh. you know.
3: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, for any listeners that might not know, um, if you can just give like a quick um, recap of how this idea come about between you and Jeff, for anybody who might not know or be up to date on how this mm. Three Jokers tale came to fruition or how it even began,
1: yeah, so when we were working on Dark Side War back in two thousand sixteen, Jeff had this idea about when Joker was on the, when he gets on the Mobius chair, uh, he asks the the the, the chair like what's the Joker's name? I forget what he what he actually what he asks asks to the chair, but uh, and then he gets an answer, and then at the end he reveals that you know the chair told him that there were three Jokers, and so. That was kind of the beginning of the story. And originally we were actually going to do this as like a Justice League story. And it was going to be the next kind of like story arc we were going to do after Dark Side War. Uh, But then DC changed the publishing schedule to uh, bi-weekly. And um, Jeff and I had a conversation. and I said, you know, like at that point I was pretty burnt out. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can do a bi-weekly, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like it, it's going to be a lot more pressure. And, uh, I don't know if we can tell the best stories that we want to tell. And so we both decided, he just said, all right, well, if you don't want to do justice league, then I don't want to do it either. Cause I want to just do the book with you. And so he's like, let's, you know, we'll go do something else. And so we both walked off justice league at that point. And then the idea kind of just sat there and, uh Jeff got busy with with movie stuff and I was kind of just like left wandering for a bit and I did a couple projects uh but it took a couple years for us to to come back together on this and and at one point like there was a couple points when we at, we were like I don't even think this thing is going to happen uh dc was like i was angry at me because i wouldn't take uh batman uh, they wanted after david finch had left batman they were they really wanted me to come and take over batman and i kept saying i can't do batman until i do three jokers because if i do batman i feel it cheapens it's going to cheapen doing three jokers i said three jokers has to be the next batman project and i kept saying like give me something else like hook me up with somebody else and let's create a book or let's do a different character or whatever. And just seemed like all they, all they really wanted me on was Batman. And I kept saying no. And I think that really made them, uh, well, I don't know about angry, but it made them frustrated. And, but from my perspective, I couldn't, I had to do like three jokers had to happen. And uh, because I believed in the story and, and along the way, Jeff and I had kind of, after talking a couple times we kind of uh, realized like let's just do it as a Batman story and let's do it as a standalone kind of Batman book and we're going to evolve a couple characters at one point Harley Quinn was in there we decided to, to ditch her after a while it just wasn't it just became too many characters and uh, like I said originally it was a Justice League story but then I said ah, I think it, I think it would work better just as a Batman standalone and then um eventually jeff told me his ending of what the ending of three jokers was and i had the exact same like the exact same ending like totally separate from each other we both had the same ending uh and i and i i had said like jeff like if i could ever like draw or write one batman story this that would have been a story about that and and that would be the ending and so that's when I knew, like at that point, I felt like it was meant to be. It was like, no, this is, this is something This is something different. Like this is a different beast and, and this book has to get made. And, you know, even Jeff admits to me, he, he told me on the phone a, a couple of weeks back when issue one came out, he said, thank you for being, for hounding me to do this book. Because I don't think Jeff really saw it as, even Jeff, I think at, at some points didn't really see it as a, something necessary to do and uh he was working on all these other things and i kept saying no we got to do three jokers you got to do it and and i don't know if he really maybe his heart wasn't 100 percent into it at the time but then eventually he just kind of it's like i think maybe he didn't really know exactly the story where he wanted to go but then all of a sudden like he tells me sometimes like it'll just be like a down it's like it's something just gets downloaded into his head And then all of a sudden he just, all the pieces come together and he knows what he wants to do. And so uh, this would have been now probably about three years ago. It was, yeah, it was right before my daughter was born. Um, We, I went down to LA and we had a meeting and uh, he, we had this big white, he has this big whiteboard in his office at, this was at the DC offices. And so we, we, he kind of like in point form, page by page, sketched out the entire book like he like issue one issue two issue three and it was me and Jeff and uh, Mark Doyle and Amadio uh, Totoro who's our other editor and we all the four of us sat in this room and just bounced ideas and he just kind of sp- spelled it all out and uh, by the end of that I just felt so confident in this book and then you know at that point that was you know it still took a while for the for even after that for the book to start actually just to, to start like you know I, I at one point I had drawn I was drawing like you know five pages and then waiting a couple even months for more pages to come in and so it was kind of slow going and that's why like it took so long like Jeff was busy doing all this movie stuff and uh and I was okay with not working like a like a crazy person <laughs> either I mean I I had a lot of time <laughs> off and I had a lot of good time like with my kids and and I also went back that first issue of three jokers, I think is like near perfect for my, because I I literally spent a year drawing one 50 page issue. Right. Like I would go back (laughs) and I would retweak pages and, and then issue two and three happened really quick. Like those ones, I, I drew those fairly quickly um, after, after issue one, but um, it took a while, but we, we were confident in our story and we kept saying like, let's, really make this thing something that that is gonna be uh that people are gonna like and that they're gonna want to read not only now but also into the future and mm-hmm. uh, you know that that was kind of our goal with dark side war it was like let's make something that you could read in the future and not really have to know all of the ins and outs of d c continuity you could just jump in and you could read it. Because if like Dark Side War took place during the DCU, Y-O-U era, yep. where there yep. was like Superman had no powers and Batman was Jim Jim Gordon and Green Lantern had some power battery thing he had to carry around. And we were like, what? Like like if we do that, then that's going to date our book. And so instead we just said, let's just go with the classic costumes and let's just let's just do kind of an end cap to do to the new 52. and And so that's what we did. And so the same thing with this. And I mean, that this goes to the whole, like, is it in continuity question in our minds? This book is in continuity, but we've also just kind of decided, like, you know what? Like, let's just make this thing a standalone book because we want people to come in. People, most people will have knowledge of who Batman is, who Barbara Gordon is. Uh, Maybe they'll know who Jason Todd is. Uh, most comic book fans would know, but I think people off the street might not necessarily know. And so we tried to explain a little bit about him in the story. And then you know who the Joker is, you know, some things about his origin, and you can just jump into this book. You don't like, you know, Alfred's alive. And a lot of people were giving us, I saw some negative stuff online about, Oh, can Alfred be alive? Well, at the time he was alive when we started the book and, and then uh, he, he died and we were gonna jeff we actually even thought about changing that and i just in the end we just decided like you know what like most people know that alfred is with batman and if in 20 years alfred will be alive again and so yeah. you know like in in yeah. a year alfred will probably be alive again you know what i mean like that's how comics yeah. are Hope so. so yeah so like why not just like let's just set it in its own sort of thing it's within <clears throat> current continuity but at the same time it's we want it to feel a little classic, like it could it could exist in multiple different eras. And you kind of like how Killing Joke is. Killing Joke kind of, you can read it today, and you, you still kind of get this timelessness from it. That's kind of what we wanted to go for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if I... Yeah, I
5: don't know. That's one of the things I mentioned before you came on, Jay, was... Uh about the costumes like mm-hmm. i really like everybody's costume you know i you know i thought it came out great especially uh red hood and i'm not a red hood fan mm-hmm. and but like I, I like how his suit is kind of sort of like uh, the robin suit or it has the robin tunic sort of deal and mm. and the r on the buckle and um yeah i enjoyed everybody's suit uh, you know even the Joker's three different you know outfits or whatever
1: you know, that that was something that that came right back from the beginning again, too, It was like when we discussed, co- I said, uh, number one, I had said to Jeff, like, I want to do different costumes for the characters. I just want to have something that's that maybe is just for our this book and that's it. And so, um, you know, he him and I went back and forth, like with Batgirl, like eventually one day I'll show it. But I did a whole bunch of different Batgirl takes. Mm-hmm uh one like purple purple costume versions and purple and yellow and purple and black and then gray and black and and even up to the last minute like batgirl's cowl and cape back of her cape was supposed to be like a dark purple but then when we saw it in color in the book i just felt like it didn't work and i just said let's just go to with the the black just the black on black and uh and I felt like that worked the best. And, and again, like that, that costume is cause Jeff just said, let's just do the black on black version with the yellow. Um, and, uh, he said like, that's like the, the one that everybody likes. So let's just do that. And so I said, yeah, okay. And then, you know, with red hood, he wanted that one to be a little different. He's like, he's called red hood, but he doesn't have, he doesn't have any red in this costume except for his helmet and uh you know he's like let's he actually had pointed towards jim lee's design from hush when when the red hood gets resurrected but he's like Clayface or whatever um kind of like that costume was like a robin costume and and he said let's like let's do that it's like a black version of the robin costume and then he said but let's like make the shirt red so that it shows through the the black jacket and so you know, he, Jeff's got a really good artistic eye for this kind of stuff too. And so, you know, he kind of pointed things here and there, like, let's, let's go this direction or let's try that. And, um, you know, in the end, I feel like we, we got something that's, that's cool and, and, uh, works for our book and, and I'm happy with that.
4: Uh, there are a couple things I want to make sure I, uh, touch on here before I forget one for Anyone who's wondering why we aren't going uh, spoilers on the story here, uh, after issue three comes out, we will do another episode where uh, we will go full spoilers through the whole story and Jay will sort of guide us through uh, everything that they were doing with the story. So that will be coming later. Uh, Second, we were talking about the point where uh, you were turning down, uh, doing a run on the main Batman title Mm. And uh, I'm sure that DC was as frustrated as you expect, because I remember the day that you told me you had turned it down and I was frustrated. Mm. (laughs) But I I totally understood when you said, but I, I can't do that because Jeff and I are going to do this book and it's going to make it something special that I haven't been doing other Batman books before it. And the the cool thing that that we got in the interim of that because you weren't working on something else was we got your Swamp Thing book with Tom, which was yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, and that that's that Swamp Thing came about because it said what do you want to do and I said I want to do Swamp Thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh they were they were trying to fit, find something that I could do while I was waiting and I was, you know, near near about the point when we were starting to really think about 3 Jokers so know that that came about there was the button you know that was kind of a fun one shot kind of thing and then um but i didn't really do much like during that time period it's it was it was very slow going and i was okay with that at that point um but uh yeah anyway uh, go on
4: yeah Yeah. and it, it uh it kept everyone uh sort of waiting for more work from you so that that was probably a plus uh as far as three jokers is concerned too the other thing i wanted to get to we we've talked a lot about the work that you and jeff were putting uh, into this uh i just want to point out that i hope you do not work with a colorist who is not brad anderson because mm. the work that you guys do together it, i i don't see any anyone else coming in and topping what mm. what brad does on your work
1: yeah uh, you know sadly colorists don't get a fair shake. A lot of the times, um, they're kind of the forgotten, you know, part of the team and, um, something that, you know, I wanted to make sure like his name was on the front cover and that, you know, he was going to get, um, you know, he was going to get the, the, the accolades that he deserves because like, you know, Brad, I mean, I put Brad through, (laughs) through so much like like even though we were working way ahead of schedule, like literally we handed in issue, we had to hand in issue two and three on the same day, and uh, we were working to the last second. Uh, I was I was sending him tweaks and changes to panels and pages. He was going back and he was recoloring things, and I was just like, you know, oh, we got, let's change this, let's change that. And he was such a good sport. We were, it was really actually kind of fun. Cause we were all, Jeff was sending in new, new script pages and I was sending in new artwork over to Brad and Brad was sending in new colors and we were tweaking this and tweaking that. And it was like, Brad, can you, I don't want to have to redraw this. Can you just, can you just put this in this panel and we need something? <laughs> oh, we need, we need to put this in this panel instead of this. And it was back and forth until like, you know, one o'clock in the morning kind of thing until we finally handed in those final issues. But, uh, you know brad you know he worked his butt off on this thing and he put his heart and his soul into it too and and um you know yeah as long as i'm working in comics i don't i really don't want to work with anybody else but brad i mean he's a he's tremendous you i I, you should see if you could reach out and have him on the show too because i'm sure for a colorist colorists have a different perspective on things than an artist does and as a writer does so Uh, it would be great to have, get him on the show sometime or or get the both Uh, of us. And we can just talk about art and, and that kind of thing process. I, I,
4: I did send Brad a message, uh, but I don't think he's seen it uh, so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, the, the work that you got, I don't know how you put some of these things together so quickly. You referenced being able to do a couple of these covers in a week. Uh, I remember when. uh, Issue one had, had just come out and, uh, you found out that it was going to a second print. And at that point, you didn't know yet uh, what the second print was going to be, uh, if they were just going to do a recolor of the first cover or if they would let you do another one. But then when they gave you the green light to do uh, to do an, an another Joker for the second print cover, I, I think it was on a Wednesday maybe that you showed me the layout of Mm. what would be the second print cover so it was you know just your your layout of joker with the joker shark puppet on his hand Mm. and i want to say it was max two days later that you showed me the completed cover (laughs) you had finished it and brad had already colored it and it was max two days later and i don't know how you guys get that done so fast
1: Well, like that, like some of that stuff is like, we had to have it done, like literally in like two days. (laughs) It was like, it was like, like, no, Hey, guess what guys? Second print. Yay. But now you got, I need a cover in like two days. And so, uh, but you know what, Brad, Brad is generally fast on everything. Like if I, I send him the, I send him a cover or I send him like the inks or whatever, and he turns it, he turns it around pretty quick and um you know i think it's just like it's kind of like me like if i get excited about drawing something then i i'm able to like i'm like when they said like hey let's do a second print cover after once i figured out the idea then i got excited and i was able to do it pretty quick Uh the worst is when you have to draw a cover and you don't want to draw the cover you know um You know, you get asked by a different editor or something to do a a cover for a book that you really don't care about, but you kind of have you just need to do something. So those ones are slogs, whereas like with this Joker thing, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Mm as soon as you as soon as you get an idea, you're just off and running. And so I think he's probably the same. He gets the inks in and he goes, oh, man, this is this is exciting. And then he just probably does it like he he just he just sits down and colors it. And, uh, and he gets excited about it too. Um, because he did that, he's done that with all, all of those covers. Like he was, I was sending him inks and he was sending me back the cover, like, like colored immediately almost. So, um, you know, he's, he's a tremendous artist in his own right. And he works really, really hard. He's super dependable. And, uh, he fights for the book and he, puts his heart and his soul into every book that he does and uh you know he he deserves accolades for that and he and you know and and he's he gets that i think a lot of people are they notice that uh, because you know yeah you give you give this book to somebody else i don't think they would have got it would have they would have had this the right kind of fit for it he just he just understands what i want and uh, and I'm able to kind of say, like, hey, what if you try this? Or sometimes he'll just do something. And it's like, wow, I never thought of that. But, man, that looks great, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, 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 he's excellent.
4: Yeah, there, there's a look and a depth to to the way he colors. Like for anyone who isn't aware of, of Brad's work, he also colored Gary Frank's work in Doomsday Clock. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. It makes this book for anyone who's read doomsday clock this one visually has a familiarity to doomsday clock Mm -hmm. uh which is a cool connection to have because you know jeff also wrote doomsday clock and yeah just brad's work uh makes this interesting bridge between the two Mm
1: -hmm. yeah the 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 one thing that brad really does well and, and the reason why i want like there was a while there when i was early in my career i was really hunting for a colorist and, uh, the reason why I wanted Brad, it was because of his work with Gary. And the one thing that really sold me on his work is Brad understands, uh, two point lighting. Uh, so he, a lot of, a lot of colorists, like if you notice, like I'm looking through the uh, issue two right now, like every time I draw a face, I always the shadowed side of a face, I always leave a rim light, which means that there's a light uh, in filming. It would be a light kind of from behind and uh, pointed from behind and to the back kind of of the character's head so that on the side that's the shadowed side, you'll get a, a rim light around the features of the face or the body or whatever. And it adds depth and i you know you could give my work to 10 different colorists and a lot of them it's amazing but a lot of them would not pick up the the rim light they would just color that flat the same color as everything else and they would have lighting from one angle and that's it and brad i noticed right from the beginning with gary frank he always added the rim light and that little thing sold me on him and uh, I, I add it to every single panel because it makes the character look more three-dimensional uh, by just adding that rim light. And it's, it's, it's something that you kind of have to fight with and learn how to do because now you're operating with a two-point light system instead of just a one-point light. And uh, it's tough, but you know Gary Frank is a master of it. And a lot of times I just look at what he's done and I kind of rip him off. Uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you uh, other, other times I'll use I've, I actually have used like 3d models and stuff and lit them like lit like a 3d model head and lit it from two with two lights in a, like a 3d program just to see how the light reacts to it and then use that as a reference uh, but for artists out there I I really feel like it's an important thing to do and it really makes the work stand out especially if you're going to use a lot of heavy shadows um it was something that, you know Dave Finch taught, taught me that too like he really he likes to use that um and so um yeah that was the one thing that sold me on Brad and i i love it every single time he does it it fills me with joy when i see those panels and and with a, a two point light going on it just you know as an artist it just like it's like yes like that's what i want that's what i want how my art, i want my art to look like that so um
0: yeah he just gets it I, I feel like it gives it a whole new level of emotion, too. Like, it kind of, every cover seems like it's a, kind of like a mugshot, too. You know, like, it's a little darker, and it uh, really just kind of just illuminates. And just the two light sources kind of just isolate and borders the reaction, the facial expressions of, of each character.
1: Yeah, like, especially with the covers, with the pink light, you know, like I had said, right from the beginning, I always envisioned it with a pink this pink light coming from one side and and it just it ties all the color covers together as well to have the lighting all similar and uh that there's this pink pink rim light coming off from one side and it just it gives again it just gives it a three-dimensionality that you don't get if it was just colored flat you wouldn't get that right um yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cool technique
0: and I, 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 I see oh, i'm sorry i wanted to ask you before jay um were you overall comfortable with this being a three book series? Like, did you feel like you wanted to go a little further, or did did was three enough for you with the amount of artwork that you did? And, hmm. um, because I yeah. to me, I feel like every you know, I think that is a testament to the to the time that you spent on it. But every page and panel is amazing, and you want to stop and look at everything. But I was initially thinking when I finished the second one, like the fact that it's three, like, did you want to do more or did you feel like you kind of hit your ground?
1: Um,
0: the story. I think
1: if we, if we didn't like when we originally laid out the whole story, um, we felt like we had a complete story from front to back. And because the book is told in nine panel grids, there's a lot of, of storytelling that you can do with that. You know, each page has has a lot going on, even little emotional beats and a little kind of gestures and stuff like that. You couldn't do if you just had a four panel, a four panel widescreen kind of storytelling grid, you know. Um, so right from the beginning, like we felt like we had three issues. We had a complete story and we knew that's what we wanted to do. Um maybe if you know if these books were 20 pagers then maybe you you'd be like yeah three issues that's not that's not enough but i think 348 page issues i think um is is good and and uh you know i don't know like we'll like we'll have to see how people dig the ending like we feel like we have an ending that kind of wraps everything up and uh i'm sure people some people won't like it uh some people will like it <laughs> Uh, the people will debate it and all that kind of stuff, but that's kind of what you want, and uh, we're happy with it. We, we, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff believes that issue three of Three Jokers is the best single issue of comics he's ever written. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he really, Damn. like when, when he, like he's very confident in that last issue, and he, like he really feels like the emotion and all this stuff. He really feels like it, the visual and like linking back to different things. He's really excited about issue three and really feels like it's the best best book he's ever written, the best single book he's ever written. And so, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. And and uh, I'm I'm I was really nervous for issue two because I knew that issue two didn't have the big shocker ending like issue one did. Um, but I'm really confident with issue three. You know, I was confident with issue one. I knew people would like that the big shocker issue two i knew it was a middle part of a story and it's kind of it's kind of setting things up for the third act and um and then now like with with issue three like we have like that last like the last like 10 pages of issue three is just gonna be like people i think people are gonna remember all kinds of stuff and it's not what you think this Ugh, I can't wait till people read it because it's not like you think we're going one like it's it's uh, anyway I, I, I don't want to say it but like I, I'll i be interested I'll, I'm interested to see the reaction of it because I think it could be people could love it they could hate it but I really think if they I really feel if people think about the story what what happens at the end uh, I really think that they'll see that it's something really cool like that's never been done uh before so well,
5: i'm at, I'm at the point where i'll take your word for it because yeah well
4: you've told me uh the reactions of a couple certain people to uh reading the conclusion of the story and that really leads me to believe that uh you're uh you're telling people exactly what what the case is going to be when they get to the end
1: you know the interesting thing like um when we were talking about the fact that like it took a long time for the book to come out, you know, it, there was times where my confidence kind of went up and down. Like I didn't like, even, even like I said, like even with issue two coming out, like my confidence was all over the place. Uh, We were, it was like, you know, like, it's like, sometimes you think like, well, did, you know, we had all this time. Are people, are we going to deliver something that's really, people are going to really like, is this, is it overhyped? Is it overblown? Like, You know, and, and so when that first issue came out and we started hearing reviews that were really, really positive, it was like, oh, like it was like a monkey off your back. Like it was like, Mm. like we really, like Jeff and I both had a sigh of relief because we were like, we really didn't know. Like you really don't know. Like you can have, like Jeff had, Jeff had guys like, like Brad Meltzer reading, reading through to make sure that everything was okay and, and that you know, we weren't skipping plot hole. There were not plot holes. I'm sure there's, there's going to be plot holes. Like it's just, that's what happens in in any story. But, uh, but he had like Pete Tomasi giving him like critiques on things. And, and uh, we had Jim Lee giving us critiques on stuff and, and, but each, each person kept coming back and was super positive about what they were reading. And so that felt really good. So, when that first issue came out, people were really excited about it. It was like, if there was like a sigh of relief and then issue two, we didn't, I, I haven't even like, I looked at a couple reviews really early on and then I haven't looked at anything. Uh, and issue three, same thing. I probably, I don't know if I really want to know what people think it's gonna <laughs> like, because I don't know. I think I, it might be pull. It might be polarizing, but that's kind of how, what you want. You want that in the story. Um, but yeah, you and that- and
4: you're and you're not joking about your uh, level of apprehension before uh, these books come out. Like, I spoke to you the nights before the release of both book one and book two, and both times you said you weren't going to be able to sleep that night.
1: I would, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I, I went through. Leading up to issue one, I was so, I was really stressed out and, and Jeff was super confident until I talked to, until like I talked to him and was like, <laughs> and, uh, and then he was like, oh no. And then he was starting to really overthink it too. And then he was, he was kind of scared too. He was, I I don't, I don't know, like both of us, I don't think realized that we, we were just trying to set out just to tell like a, just a decent, good Batman story but then the hype and then the, the sales numbers and we were like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, like, I don't know, maybe we're over. And then Jeff, Jeff had said something like he was talking to somebody and uh, and he had said something like, you know, I, he said something like I, I I've i never written uh, in continuity Batman, like a Batman story like he did, like Earth One and uh, Batman and he's written Batman and Justice League, but he never did like a like a uh, like a main Batman book. And he's like, and he, he's like, I never really realized until now, like that this, like the fan, the fan reaction to this and like how big Batman really is as a book, you know, like he, he's like, he's like, I never really got it until now. And now, now I'm seeing like the react and like the hype and everything leading up to it. It started to kind of phase him a bit too, because he's like, you know, I just figured we were just writing a Batman story and, and I mean, we set out to write the best Batman story we could right from the beginning. And uh, we really pushed ourselves all throughout it to make it better and better and better. But like it didn't really hit until it was getting close to the book launching. And then when the book launched, too, and uh, both of us just kind of sat there and we kind of bewildered, like really stunned by by how everything is everything went. But I think that you you have to be like, you know. You, you have to be humble and you have to kind of sit there and think like, you know, maybe people won't like this thing. Like maybe I just wasted two years of my life drawing this thing. But, but, <laughs> uh, but Jeff, you know, but Jeff and I, we both talked about it and we both said, you know what? We produced a book that we were proud of. And even if this thing's a flop and it doesn't sell and people hate it, we are both really proud of the story because we really believed in the story and the message of the story. And, and really believed in where we went with the story and, and we were happy with it no matter how it would turn out. Um, Cause you you can't, you never really know how it's going to turn out. And you know, like right now there's Joker war going on and, and you know, it's like people like there's so much Joker stuff and it's like, we were kind of a little, at that that you know but i i I kept saying to jeff like you know like competition's good like competition makes you push yourself even further and that's what we did as we saw joker war coming out we kept saying okay we gotta let's up our game let's 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 put more into this story let's let's really go for the jugular in the end here you know like let's really lay it on all all out and so um you know we feel like we've feel like we've done that and so um you know, but we'll see. We'll see at the end of the month what the reception is. I
5: think you guys absolutely did that. It's, Ooh, uh, I, you know, one of one of like for myself. Like I think it, it, as long as you know whoever you are, like if you stick to what you do best and and put your best foot forward, and, you know, just put the blinders on and do what it is that you do. You mm-hmm. know, everything will work out and i mean that's beyond obvious
2: but, you know for you guys it's coming point. from a guy we call the grumpler too i wanted
5: to ask you like like i mean the art is great and the story is great but um like what i've noticed in these two books is like there's you know these intense moments like you know foreboding like you know, oftentimes you're reading a comic book and you read and you, you'll skip right? you know, you just kind of whatever. Uh, but like each panel, each, you know, page, there's the intensity ramps up. Like, do you as a creator, like, you know, you're on the inside, you know, looking out, I guess. But when, when the project is finished, like, are you able to see that like, and feel that intensity in these books?
1: You know the the first time you read through it, like when you read the the lettered PDF or whatever that they send you, you feel it. After a while, you kind of get numb to it because you're rereading. Like we, re- I probably reread that book thirty, like all three issues. I probably reread them like at least twenty times each. <laughs> you know, as we were going through final tweaks and final lettering, Jeff would send a new he would change things like like we were like i said like we it wasn't just like oh jeff wrote the script and that was it and then just publish it like he was going back and he wanted to bring more and more layers to the to what was being said and and really layer it on and push it and push it and push it and um you know like when you're uh I'll, the the interesting thing about this and may, you you this might blow people's minds is that I I worked from a script that had no dialogue, so Jeff pretty much just wow. said. Jeff would say like close up of. Well, let me let me find a, a page so I can like actually, you know, go through this. Like you know, there's the scene where uh, there's a scene where Jason Todd is with the with the Joker and he's strapped to the chair and in, in book two. Uh, Jason Todd is when he's like strapped to the chair naked. And it's like, you know, like Jeff would just be like, you know, two shot Joker looking down at Jason Todd. Uh, and he's say and he's talking, that's, that's all it would say. And then it would be like reverse shot. So Jason (laughs) Todd yells at the Joker. Then we, then we, (laughs) then we, then we close in on the Joker and he's starting to crack up and then he cracks up and he laughs really hard and he's trying to fight it. And then we go to, and then Jason Todd's face and he's like, what's going on? The Joker close in on his eyes, and then Jason Todd. Like that's all it would say. Like, and and, I, and, and, and he would it w- essentially what he would do too is he would like he would call me and he would be like, all right, this is what this is kind of what they're gonna say in this scene, you know. Uh, every once in a while he would put in a little line of dialogue like, this is what the Joker says here, you know, so you could really highlight that. But um, a lot of it was just from Jeff because Jeff is a like a, like I said like he's also a visual he's a visual storyteller. Like all of this is visually like he, he knows what he wants in every panel. That's why it takes so long for him to write this. Cause he truly like, even with doomsday clock, like he truly thinks about everything in each panel and how each panel flows into the next panel and how, like when you're writing a nine panel grid, like you got to have like usually the middle panel and a nine panel grid, that middle it's the panel five Usually is is always something that's going to be a highlight. It's it's a it's a close up of a character. It's a it's a it's a pullback on a situation. It's it's things like that. And so, like he really understands his visual storytelling, and that's why it makes it it makes it easier for my job because I can just trust in what he's putting down on the script. Like if he's telling me to do a close up of Jason Todd angry, okay. I'm going to draw that, even though I don't really know what the like we we kind of talked about what is going to be said in that scene. But it's not not all the dialogue is explicitly laid out. He would go back after and he would start to dialogue it as we as we would hand in pages. And then sometimes we went back and changed panels. He'd say, you know, can you change this panel? I want I want Barbara's face to be a little more shocked or I want I want batman here to be a little more shadowed and maybe we pull maybe closer in on his eye or something like that and and so we did that and and uh, it was a back and forth it was like a true collaboration and um and so that yeah that's how we worked and and i had to kind of imagine in my head what was going on but he matched up the dialogue perfectly with what i had drawn and uh and in some cases it he re- it really boosted what i had drawn like it really like you know there's that scene in issue one where joker says like uh he's saying like he's repeating back what jason todd had said to him he says like you know i want to be your robin you know and like i i had just drawn like a close-up of like joker's eye not really knowing what was even going to be said in that scene like that that whole speech didn't come about until like almost a year later when he started to actually like go through and letter and and put the dialogue in and then he puts that in and it's just like holy like that's g ge- it's a like genius it's so chilling you know and so the first time i read that it was like whoa you know um you really get hit with it but uh yeah it's again it's like an odd way of working but it worked you know i i trust that he's going to come up with some great dial i think he did the same thing with doomsday clock it was very he just knew what he wanted in each panel and Gary drew it. And then Jeff went in and dialogued it and it look, and it just flows because Jeff knows exactly what he's doing. You know, he's uh, really the best writer, you know, in comics. It
2: also, I feel like it gives like a platform to your art too, by doing that. And mm-hmm. cause you know, when you read through this stuff, like Grumps was saying, um, and kind of to go back to what you were saying, as far as like, there's a lot of Joker out right now. There's a lot of stuff that you feel maybe, um, you know, in the uh, in the greater scheme of comics, you're kind of competing against uh, stories or whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, I am certain it has a combination of things to deal with. But I feel like, and to note, not to discredit any other book or or creative teams right now, but just flipping through the book, looking through it, reading through it, like the feeling and the weight of it, it kind of makes nothing else really matter. Mm. Um, like this feels like the most important, like. It's like you're reading this book and it just feels impor- important. It just feels important, you know. And so that kind of, I guess, says a lot to your art because Jeff is kind of allowing you to like when you look, there's a, there's so much emotion and weight in the in the art. And it makes sense now, because if you're given kind of just an outline and not really like specifics on dialogue, that's leaving a lot to you as the artist to interpret the emotion of the scene And so when he comes in and he kind of puts words to those pictures with an already extremely heavy emotional like tone, it just elevates it that much more. And so that's why I was like, there's parts of this book where, um, especially in the aquarium, when I'm looking through it, I was like, God, this feels like this feels like it's part of like, uh, like, you know, when you see that exterior, you see that shot of uh, Gotham in the first Tim Burton movie where he like has that. Wide out of that like Gotham, uh, the Gotham skyline, and then and then you bring it yeah. in to kind of so it gives you that feeling like this is the Gotham that we're in right now. So it gives the audience this is what it's supposed to feel like. Now check out what's happening on these streets. And when I was going through that aquarium, I remember thinking like this is the scariest aquarium I would ever be in at night, <laughs> empty, walking through it. This is terrifying. And I remember thinking like man, there's such a tone to this like. It's not like there's such a a grit and you can like feel it. And uh, it really says a lot about, I guess, that process that you're talking about is you are given so much responsibility with the art to create that. Um, Mm. And then (laughs) you got Jeff Johns, freaking Jeff Johns is who's Mm -hmm. the guy that's writing it. So uh, I I mean, it's awesome that you felt that you were nervous, but uh, on this end, man, there was no, I mean, I knew this was going to be a huge book. I remember like a year ago, people were talking about in the group chat oh yeah you know this is coming up that's coming out and i was like i'm cool man nothing nothing matters until until uh three jokers nothing matters like everything's cool like i'm not even gonna get mad if they kill this character if if alfred dies if batman is somebody else whoever like nothing matters till three jokers Mm. and it definitely feels that way right now i feel like you know when you when you're asking somebody hey i I really want to get into comics or like what is something i can jump into right now it's like dude three jokers right now you can read this right now Mm -hmm. so definitely has like uh, you know you definitely have cemented that in right now to the current timeline
1: going back to what you're saying about like the emotion um one of the things that jeff and i talk a lot about uh mostly because like right now we're trying to formulate like we have a couple different projects that we're kind of starting to formulate right now and so we're tossing out ideas and one of the best parts about working with jeff is he is a true collaborator Like, he wants you as part of the process, and he's okay with – he wants to take your best ideas, and he wants to give you his best ideas, and he wants to see where it'll go. And uh, one of the things, like – the funny thing is we we really have a balance between the two of us. Like, he – because Jeff – Jeff comes at every story from an emotional angle. His argument is always, well, what is the emotion that I want to feel in this? i come at every story from a muscle angle i'm Mm. i am i am like i want to just see like batman high testosterone batman beating the crap out of this guy (laughs) i want to see batmobiles driving through buildings i want to see fights i want and jeff's always like that's all that stuff is great but you got to have where's the emotion of this character where's the emotion of this story and so i i bring a lot of the muscle and jeff brings a lot of the emotion but like everything, everything in storytelling goes back to emotion. And so many times during this book, he's like, he's like, this is what I want people to feel. Like he would even write that in the, in the, in the script. I want people to feel this during yeah. this scene. And that's a t- like, that's, it's scary when you kind of see that on the page, uh, when you're reading a script and you're going like, how do I make people feel this feeling, you know, but but you just kind of, you slowly kind of break it down. And again, if if we had to rush this thing out as a monthly book, I don't think I would have hit a lot of those things. I would have taken the easy way out of a lot of panels. Uh, whereas, Face punch. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you know, like, I don't know. Like, you you just, you would rush things. You would do silhouette shots. You would do, I don't know. But I a lot of it was, let's just think about this. Like, what? how do I get that emotion out of it? You know, let's use a lot of close-ups. Let's... Let's use a lot of shots of faces, like with the emotion on their faces, and and let's like push in and and a lot, a lot of quick close-ups and things. Like, I don't know. So that's that's something that's very important with writing, and it's it's all it goes back to the emotion and the heart. And we from day one we knew the emotional kind of through line of all three of these characters, and we knew where where Batman, Batgirl, and Red Hood were gonna go. And we knew the emotional journey we wanted to take them on. And, uh, you know, that. so knowing that allows you as an artist to go through the book and know, like, okay, right now in this scene, this is the emotional part of this guy, of this character. And we know that we have to hit this, these beats because I know that later on down the line, I need to pay this off with this over here, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but working on a book like that and just listening, like, like, Getting into Jeff's head and, and seeing how he sees story makes you as an artist that much better of a storyteller, uh, because he's not afraid to sit down with you and tell you the secrets of how to write. Like he's not—he's not prideful. And he's a humble man, and he's—he's he's able to say, "Jay, this is this is how I think, and this is why you should do this, and this is why I do this, and this is how if we." if you can like understand this from my storytelling thing, it's going to make this scene better. Whereas a lot of writers don't do that. A lot of writers don't even want to talk to you. You you know, you only ever interact with them on the script and if it becomes something emotional, it's because maybe you as the artist clicked with something and were able to bring it out. And then sometimes the, and then the writer takes the credit for that. Whereas with, with this, we, it was a true collaboration between Jeff and I, we both cl- cl- like clicked on every single scene we would talk if i was having trouble with a scene i have no problem calling up jeff and saying jeff i just don't feel like this scene is clicking i feel like we need to add another panel or we need to get rid of this splash page like there was there like there were splash pages and double page spreads in the original uh script for some of these issues and i said let's get rid of those let's go back to a nine panel grid we can tell so much more story with the nine panel grid on these two pages than just a splash page you know the splash page is a nice money shot and it looks cool but i want the emotion i want the emotion of this story to really be there and um again it was just we're two guys who had the we're on the same path and we we were so clued into what each other thought and when that happens magic happens on the page like it just it, you can't help but draw uh you can't help but just allow the story to come through you and, and emotionally pour out it um it's a really it's like it's and it's the kind of thing where you once you work with like this you're like i never want to work any other way mm. you know? like if jeff told me today all right i can't work on any comics for five years Because I got to go do this movie stuff, I might even be like, all right, well, I'll see you in five years. And I won't, I won't, I'm not (laughs) going to do anything because I don't know if anything I'll do could compare to the kind of working relationship that we have, you know. Um, It's that, it's that good. It feels that good to work with him, you know,
2: on these books. Do you you feel, um, since working with him in such proximity with your collaboration like let's say that would happen where i mean he gets so i mean it's possible he gets so busy with the tv show stuff or whatever that you know he he has to go for a while and do that would you ever feel um empowered enough to maybe do both like writing and the drawing for for a project of yours
1: i i think so i think um i think that could be something in the future you know uh but because i have learned a lot from him and i've really you know especially when we've been we've been planning like i said we we have like two or three different things we've been planning we're kind of trying to plan out like what does the next five years look like and so we're planning out a whole bunch of different things and it's allowed us both as storytellers to just pour out a whole bunch of different ideas and um and you know like i said at first i was thinking all muscle and then after a while i started to think more emotional about the 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 story beats i was i was saying and and he, I remember him saying, like Jay, he's like, you just like that was great. That was an emotional heart. That that storyline, that story plot you just pitched me, that came from the heart. That wasn't just it wasn't just guns and and Batman punching people in the face. Like it was mm-hmm. it was heart. There was there was character there. And so I feel like I'm learning it. I don't know if I, I, I still would rather it be a collaboration where we both work on something and I let him do what he's best at and then let me do what I'm good at. And, mm. and let's, let's see if we can produce something together as true partners, you know, because I think that's where, you know, the magic is. But I think if he, yeah, if he said, you know, he, I, I think, um, if we got to the point where he's like, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do anything for a year. I I would I would I think I would feel comfortable with maybe trying my hand at writing and drawing something. And you know what? He would probably come next to me and even and and probably like read the script, help me to plot it out and really make it something good and use it as a learning tool, because I know that that's the kind of person that he would be. He would help me. And so uh, I'm not too scared about that. But uh, yeah, um, it's given me a lot of confidence. It's really helped me to 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 see story more. And now I can't watch like a movie or a TV show without thinking, you know, uh, yeah. what's the heart? What's the emotion? Why? Why do I care? <laughs> you know, like I, I question everything now with those lines. Yep. You
2: know, you saw how the sausage was made.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we, was, we talked. Uh, uh, we talked a lot about um, if people would if people would want this story, if they would accept this story, and I think a good sign of something being accepted into the world is when there's a parody and when when there's a good parody and i know you've seen this Uh, someone took the cover art for the collected edition of three jokers you know which is the (laughs) three split panels with uh each of the three jokers and they replaced those they replaced your three jokers with shots from a halloween episode of the office where uh creed kevin and dwight are all dressed as the joker and yeah. they put the three of them in place of the three jokers and that's just fantastic that's amazing
1: yeah like i I, f- I forget who said it but like i said like you know when you got a hit when like when people are like actually doing like parodies and things of it like you know and um yeah i don't Weird know Dale like, calls you yeah yeah i think that's the greatest <laughs> one but uh um I don't know. I'm still i'm i'm still trying to stay i'm still trying to stay humble here and wait till issue three comes out because again, people may read issue three and hate hate it. Uh, I don't think they will, but again, like I said, it's not it's not what people expect. We're gonna we're gonna do something different and and uh, and then we can talk about it then. But you know, I don't I, I, I'm really hoping that people react to it because again everything has to with this book has to do with emotion and and you know physical and mental trauma and all of these things and healing right and healing wrong and and you know we really carried these these themes all the way through and you know I'm hoping people will react well to the to the ending of it and that we'll have a book that that people will enjoy reading in the future you know uh, or multiple times like there's only so many books that i've ever read multiple times like i've read Watchmen a couple times i've read killing joke a bunch of times while working on this project um and those are books that i feel like i can go back i can reread and i i see them through you know kind of fresh eyes each time i do it and i don't know if this book will be that but i'm, I'm hoping it'll it'll be something like that to somebody and um Again, we just, we right from the beginning, we set out to tell the best story we could. And we wanted to really show people that we loved the story that we were doing. Um, You know, we true, this was a labor of love. It took a long time, but it was a labor of love. It was something that I poured, Jeff and I, we both poured our souls out into this thing. And especially from like, you know, artistically, I I spent, it took me two years, uh, even more, two and a half years to draw this whole thing and i don't know if i'll ever if i ever want to spend that long doing something like that again but um but i figured you know this is my i kind of i kind of set out saying i think this is my last batman and if it's going to be my last batman and i don't know if it will be but mm-hmm. I'm just like, that was my mindset. It was like, this I just, is- I just
4: watched Grumper have a heart attack. <laughs> Maybe two heart attacks <laughs> happened in there. Know.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> exactly. like to, to be honest with you though, like shouldn't that be your goal for everything you, like when you do, if, if you're going to draw Batman and you're going to write Batman, shouldn't your goal be, I'm going to make this thing the best Batman or Joker story of all time. So that i never have to do another one again. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Because I essentially I get like killing Joe Brian Boland drew that one issue and that was it. He was done. He 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 made the ultimate. He put he put this ultimate mark on that character and anything else would be less. And like he can't come back and do another Batman thing like unless it was without <laughs> more, and they were and they felt like they really had something that would be better. Then what's the point? You know, like, I, it's like, you kind of want to just, you, I I set out that right from the beginning. It was like, I want this to be my final Batman story. I do this story and I never touch Batman ever again because it's the best Batman I could ever do. And I, I, and if, and maybe it won't be that, like I said, like, maybe it won't be that. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Uh, Maybe we'll do something in the future with Batman again. You know, uh, I don't know, but that was kind of my mindset from the beginning let's do let's put it all out on the page let's make it the best story we can let's have no regrets and then when it all is said and done we can be proud of of the work that we did and i feel that um i wanted i wanted the readers and the fans when they bought the book to get their money's worth and i wanted them to to be excited and i wanted them to have that that feeling of excitement that you get when you like you had said like when you pick up this book it feels special that's what i wanted like i wanted it to feel special i wanted the fan to to get that feeling that they had when they were 14 years old and they picked up that one comic that really resonated with them when they were 14 you know i think i think all like i have a theory that all comic fans are chasing the feeling that they had when they were 14 years old. And there's one book, there's a book for everybody around that time that really spoke to them and got them hooked on comics. Maybe you weren't 14, maybe you were 12, maybe you were a little older. Like with me, it was hush when I was maybe like 17. But I remember like feeling that excitement when I was 14 seeing like copies of like jim lee's x-men at that time it had already been out for a long time but i had bought old copies of x-men and it was just like this feeling of like wow like this is incredible this is special that's what i wanted out of this book and i wanted that i wanted to bring back that feeling and that's why uh i was really happy that dc would do things like allow us to have the embossed title like the title pops out of the of the the on the cover there, and the card back, like, like Killing Joke, because that's like a little detail, but it adds, that, like even Batman the cult had that, like yeah. uh, had a little bit of that embossing. It just adds a little bit of a special feeling to it, and and it has the the spine instead of it being a soft co- like a floppy, it has the spine on the book, and and that that goes back to Killing Joke again. It's like every like like there's a feeling there that that we really wanted, and I really wanted. Most of all I wanted the fans to look at this book and see the passion and the love that we put into it. And because I believe that the, I believe that's so important on selling people comics. I feel so many comics again I uh, will sound negative here but so many comics are half-assed and so many comics are just thrown out just to throw them out and the art looks like garbage and it and, and instead of <laughs> Instead of striving for the best, people settle for mediocrity, and I've never understood yeah. that. I I don't under, like why why not strive to be Brian Boland? He's the best comic. He's a he drew the best issue of Batman ever with Killing Joke. It's the most pristine, perfect art, and I don't think my art comes anywhere near that. But I tried my hardest to get to get to a, something similar to that because like why not? Why not push yourself to be the next? Brian Boland, or why not push yourself to be the next Dave Gibbons or Jim Lee? Like, if you're not willing to do that as a comic artist, why are you doing this job? Like, this is such an incredible and beautiful art form, and and it's dying because of garbage, half-assed work that's constantly being pushed out on comic stores that they can't sell. We need to go back to having passion about the comics that we put out, work hard on them quality over quantity and and artists need to push themselves and there are a lot there are a lot of great and incredible artists out there and they do this because you can see it in their work you see it when you look at a mm-hmm. ryan stegman comic it looks incredible you know you see it like i love I, I always love my the classic guys like like capullo like capullo puts his heart into every panel and, and to every page you can feel it when you read it a Greg Capullo comic and uh, Mark Silvestri does that and, and Dave Finch and, and Jim Lee and all of these guys that I loved, like they still have that passion um, and, and there's guys like Jerome Pena I love that guy and Ivan Rice and like there are lots of passionate artists who want to do this and they're doing it uh, but we need more of that we need more people who want to push and go further and do another killing joke you know like you know, I, I you know that's what we set out to do. Let's just do something that we. I don't know if we'll be better than the Killing Joke, but that's where we're gonna aim. Let's aim for it. Like why not? You know. Um yeah, and, uh, I was
5: 14 when I bought Killing Joke. I was 14 damn. years old. I'm dating wow. myself, but. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Grumps is right there with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. comics are very special, and they're that's my passion. I love them i love it and i and i that's why i get so nervous and so um that's why my confidence wavers because i don't it's like you when you pour everything out into the page you really have nothing more it's all there you bear you bore your soul on the page and uh and you just hope that people will respond and they'll feel something if you can get if you can get some if you can get the reader to feel something then you then you've done Mm -hmm. you've done your job and and uh you know um i'm i'm pr- i'm proud of this and I, I again i really hope that it it resonates with people and and um you know i've, I've done everything i could <laughs> with this book and i fought so hard for this thing for for two and a half years i fought and i fought and i fought and <clears throat> excuse me I, I just it just feels uh, so good to see this thing come out and that people are reacting well to it and and um you know i've i've i tried to actually like pull myself away from social media and just kind of escape because i don't i just i really want to just escape until this thing is all out because i just can't i can't take it like i can't i don't like seeing the negatives and the positive i don't want i just want to get away because i bore so much of everything on the with this project um I just I want to see it come to its its conclusion and and I'm still kind of nervous and I want it to have that big ending that I feel it I just want it to resonate and um I don't know there's a lot I put a lot a lot of my life and everything is in this book and I um,
5: so so well, I, I hope this I hope this helps but uh the Friday before book two dropped I, I was reading the previews and it was uh, for the first four pages and um. Joker comes home to his family, or whatever, and I'm just I'm reading this, and at the end of the last page, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> like, Oh no, what does he do to these people? Like, Oh no, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, I got to last the weekend, so
4: um
5: that's what you did to me. You mm. know, so yeah, <laughs> I hope that helps. I hope that's the, the desired reaction. Mm. Well, we're,
4: we're we're getting close now to not only yourself but all of us getting that closure and seeing the end of this as of the time we're recording this we are exactly three weeks away from the release of book three uh so book three hit stores october 27th so happy birthday to me on that day uh it's a nice birthday present for me but mm-hmm. uh books one and two are in stores now if you haven't already done it haul your ass out to a comic shop yep. right now and see if you can track down copies one and two are out now book three october 27th we should let jay get out of here and get back to life and uh, get ready for that night on uh, october 26th
1: yeah i'm really thankful that you guys uh had me on and like i um Um, this is like the only interview that i've done i i canceled (laughs) all my interviews i canceled everything i was i you know jeff actually talked me into that he said just get off of all social media and and cancel all like, don't talk about it. Don't talk about this book. Just like, just let it, he's like, it feels it. it just let it go. Like, you know, just, just, uh, mm. just let it happen and let it come out and, and just be quiet about it. But I wanted to come on with you guys. Cause I, you guys have had me on a bunch of times and I really love talking with you guys. And, and, um, you know, I had told Robin, "Let's just go for an hour," but I knew that we wouldn't be able to do that. I knew, that. <laughs> I, knew I, I knew once I got like got going and was passionate and everything about it, I I would I would keep talking. But uh, um, again, again, I I, I just want to say like I I know I have sounded I, I, there's been a lot of people probably picked up that there was some negativity in in the way I've been uh, like just talking about some different things. Uh, again, and I think it's because I put. Like I just had said, I put so much of everything on the line for this book, and I really believed in it. And um, and it does feel good to see that it's being received well. And and you know, DC has really done a great job at publishing this book and using the best uh, printing techniques and the using awesome cover stock. And and uh, you know, they're putting together some awesome hardcovers right now. And we got plans for. Future hardcovers and and you know I don't know if they'll ever do an absolute mm. edition. I'd oh, love to see
4: I was just gonna out. say that I'd oh. love to see
1: like a black and white version with all just the black. Oh, American
4: the noirs, versions. yeah, those noir books that they do. But
1: you know, like DC has done a lot of that. Uh, is pouring a lot into this as well, and um, you know, but uh, I think in all honesty, in the end, I think sometimes when you have, sometimes when you have to fight for something. And you have to fight to prove something uh, to to a company who maybe just doesn't see the, the bigger picture, or maybe they're distracted by a lot of other things that were going on within the halls of DC Comics. It only, I think, it only makes it only makes you perform better, and it only spurred Jeff and I on to create a better product. We were never we were never completely satisfied until that final that final print copy like print file went off you know like we we fought we fought and, fought and fought and fought and in the end to hear some of the comments that Jim Lee sent to us and Scott Snyder and and some of the, some people that we really highly respect within the within the industry it felt really good to hear that and 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 even Dan DeDio like sent me a message saying like guys like you did it and I'm so proud of you. And, and like, it was like, that felt so, it felt so good when that first issue came out and, um, and when the second issue came out and, and then when Jim read the third issue and, and um, I, so I think, I think some of that negativity, some of those things that I, I was, we were angered about and and whatnot helped us to produce a better book in the end. and, mm-hmm we we are we're thankful that DC allowed us to to go through this and and we're th- i think I, I in a strange way I'm thankful for some of the 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 uh, what would you uh, some of the, the budding heads and and different opinions from DC and whatnot because in the end it just made the book that much better and I'm really hoping and I and they're proud of the book they're very proud of the book and the finished product of it. And, uh, and we are too. And all of this stuff makes for great, uh, makes for great stories in the future. And it makes for great stories now. And, um, you know, again, I, I, the reason why we wanted to do this is because we, number one, we loved the, 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 characters, and we loved Batman, and we loved we love DC Comics, but number, but the other thing is that we loved the fans, and that's what we really wanted to give them something that was worthy of their hard-earned money, especially right now with everything that's going on. And uh, we wanted to give, and then thirdly, I would also say we really wanted to give a boost to the stores. You know, we wanted to we wanted to drive people into the stores, and um, I I feel that we clicked on all three of those things, and um, absolutely very thankful for you guys, uh, for, for sticking with this and sticking with us as creators being slow as heck and taking our time. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, I hope, I hope we have a payoff that you will enjoy in the end. And, um, and I, I'm just, I'm thankful for everybody who's ever supported me in my career and waited and, and um, I ho- hopefully the next things we we do together, you won't have to wait this long for the next book to come out. You know, we're already starting some stuff right now. So but, you uh, know, it's you know, it's uh, uh. You know, it's, uh it, it's you know, it was it was a journey, that's for sure. And, and I'm very proud of it and very thankful for everything that we've gone through because it just helped to uh, it was like iron sharpening iron. If you, if you will and that's how i think sometimes the best books are and the best stories and the best works of art film whatever are born out of struggle and out of iron sharpening iron and then in the end it it's like all you know when you when you you know you uh, you purify things in the fire and only the good stuff comes out so that's kind of what happened with this i feel and so um i'm excited for I'm excited for the book three to come out uh, also because that same week my wife is due with our yes. third child. So yeah, we, it's, awesome. there's all, there's all yeah, these threes, ones. there's all these weird threes. Like <laughs> we're going to have a, a third child the week mm-hmm. that the third book of three jokers comes out. So um, we're excited for that. And so that's going to be a, a another uh, milestone in my life. And, uh, and so, um, very proud of that but i'm i'm really excited i can't wait for people to read issue three and um, again just thank you everybody who bought copies of the book and bought multiple copies of the book i bought so many copies of this book like i i i stocked up because i never really get too many comps from dc i wanted to make sure i had a lot of this thing for the future just so that i had them because I knew that I knew it would go quick, and it did. And so,
4: yeah, uh, yeah, you, you came and got more at Rogues. <laughs> I bought I
1: bought books from all three stores, and I've stocked them up, and I put them all in my little my little uh, storage area, and I have them, and I can say from now on I have them. You know. <laughs> so nice.
4: Well, maybe uh, we wrap her up there. Like we said, book three, October twenty seventh. Thank you so much, Jason, for being here. Thank
1: you. Yeah, thanks Thank so. you. And, and, like, and like we had mentioned, like when when issue three comes out, we'll give it a couple weeks mm-hmm. and then maybe we can do like a really long, we might even have to divide it and do a couple parts <laughs> or maybe we'll do a big kind of spoiler cast and we'll go through it and I'll answer every question, uh, totally freely. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know and we can do that because i think that's that would be interesting to do but i don't want to do that right now because yeah. i don't want to say things about issue three that i don't want to i don't want to slip up so yeah but uh, we'll do that and i think people will really enjoy that
4: yeah
3: awesome definitely I'll
4: look forward to it all right three jokers october 27th this was jason fabik this was bat radio thank you for listening